Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a Photog adventure of your own. Welcome to the Photog Adventures podcast, everybody. It's episode 74, and we are just racking up the numbers. Of course, I shouldn't brag that hard about it since this has been one of the months that we've been later on the podcast. It's Tuesday yeah, night. Yeah. Doing a podcast a day later again, but we had a bonus one in between, so hopefully that wasn't too bad. Telling the story about the sad, sad drone search. Yeah, there's some. I got some feedback on that. People said they mentioned they had listened to it, and then they contacted me and you know gave me ideas and suggestions and stuff. So yeah, yeah, you got we some had people listen to the bonus. So that was that was nice. <laughs> so welcome back to episode seventy four. Welcome back to the podcast. Brendan and I have gone a while now without having an interview. We keep mm. going out and doing things or. The interview's been tough to do because of the new office space. The studio space here, I don't have solid internet, and having a guarantee that the Skype call is going to work or we can work with the timing of you being here and everything, Yeah, yeah. that's been really hard to set up. But we're going to have some guest interviews and guests joining us on the show. But for now, we have a podcast that we never thought we'd ever be talking about. Right. Crazy situation. So what are the chances of an email <laughs> coming through saying... Hey, we're a Ukrainian TV channel, and we want you guys to host one of our or guest one of our you know guest host one of our hosts for the show. And Aaron's like, that sounds uh, scammy. The way it starts <laughs> is just like any other email where they say, "We have this product, and you should talk about it on your podcast," or "We need our person to come to your podcast to talk about our product." And it's like, no, 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 no. But this one. Just a hint of being different. Just like, oh. So I didn't actually read the email. So tell me what You've it never said. seen it? Okay, so Anna Cherapakina texted, uh, emailed me saying, Hi, I work with Heads and Tails. We are a Russian or Ukrainian TV show, and it's a travel TV show, and we are popular in these countries, blah, 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 blah. And we are here in America, and we're coming to Utah over the 8th and the 10th, and we wanted to know if you'd be interested to do night photography with us. That was like... Antenna going up. Bing! Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that sounds cool. This is a How little do bit we... more legit sounding. Really? Yeah. And I sent her an email right away, and this was at 11.45 at night that I got her email. I sent an email back, and at 12.45, I received an email back from her saying, thanks for responding right away. Mm. And so she contacted me, I'm thinking, from the Ukrainian time zone, because at midnight almost, she sent me a message. Mm. And then she responded almost at 1 a.m. And so this group, Heads and Tails, Ural and Reshka, if you look it up on Photog Adventures, I think you could see our YouTube channel and what we subscribe to. Mm. And you can find the Russian-named channel. It's Ukrainian, I guess you should say, that language, named channel that is this travel show. Now, it's not a YouTube channel. It's a TV show that also took advantage of putting it out there on the YouTube. Yeah, I think when their I think when their episodes go like a month or two old, they just pu- upload them to YouTube, which is brilliant. Oh, smart because they still get five hundred thousand views immediately in the first four days. I saw in the mm, most recent post, mm-hmm. and they have one point three million subscribers on their YouTube channel. 
so it's very popular. Right. I had never heard of it, but no. you checked out the show. You've seen the premise. Get I the saw, premise I saw, of Heads and Tails, and then we'll talk more about how we got so connected. So on their, their, I think it was their latest video, was a guy and a girl, they're at the airport, and they flip a coin for Heads and Tails, <laughs> and the person who gets heads gets like a large amount of money. The person who gets heads or like guessed correctly? Heads or tails. They say tails and they guess correctly. They get. Yeah. Something. Whoever gets the head. So if I say, if the guy, the girls, if you know, if the guy says, I'm going to go with heads today. And then if he gets tails and he loses, right. Cause he wanted right. heads. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so whoever awesome. gets heads gets the, a large amount of money. Um, I think it was like up to 10 grand or maybe even more well, we to asked spend. Him, and he said, he said it's unlimited, unlimited, which is crazy. Yeah. They're just thinking unlimited amount to spend. In and the girl only has like a hundred bucks to spend. So they got to take like public transportation. You know, they get to pay like five bucks for, to travel to their place. They got to find a cheap hotel or stay at some place for mm-hmm. free or whatever, you know? <laughs> and so they're slumming it while the other guy's like living in the lap of luxury. Like the one dude rented like this old, like 1930s Ford um, convertible. So they're like in Georgia or something like that or somewhere in the North Carolina, somewhere in the South. Okay. And uh, for this one episode that I saw. And it was uh, focused on America, and they so the guy rented this like this black, beautiful nineteen like thirty or nineteen forties like. I'm sure Ford. that was cheap to rent. It was thirty three hundred dollars for a day. Uh, I think it was for the week. I think they're there, or maybe oh. for the couple of days or whatever. Still but it said high. like a price. It said thirty three hundred bucks oh, or rent. Oh, oh, oh. And he and then he drives and then they drive to his hotel. And this hotel's like this lavish like plantation <laughs> place with this huge open ballroom, wood everything, and like oh, wow. chandeliers and like you know what I mean. And it was like and it was like fifteen hundred bucks for his stay there. And so with this worse, then it flips back to the girl and she's like looking for a place. She's looking for all the places you can go for free, you know, like public parks, <laughs> youth hostels. Public, yeah, yeah, maybe like YMCA. And I'm thinking, man, she's going to stay at YMCA or something <laughs> for like 10 bucks a night That's or something. That's such a you know, cool so. premise for a show. I mean, you think about yeah. HGTV or Travel Channel and all these kinds of shows that you're seeing, it's, it's really filmed in that same kind of method. The methods for editing and cutting back and forth and what they show is all very standard like that. Yeah, it's really unique in the way that they have two people doing it and splitting off. It's kind of a cool idea. But then, yeah, I was going to say that premise is such a cool premise of here we go. We've arrived now for the first time ever in Dallas. And Mm -hmm. one of us is going to have $10,000 to spend in Dallas. One of us is going to have $100 to spend in Dallas. Mm -hmm. So people who can think of the dream vacation can see what that would be like and have fun watching that. And then other people who are thinking, if I went to Dallas, what would I get to do? It gives you sort of a budget option. And it's it's really a neat travel show that apparently is. is in multiple nations. I think they said somewhere between nine and 12 different countries it's playing in all in the Eastern Bloc, mm-hmm. you know, old, the Russia, Ukraine, Estonia, Latvia, all right, those areas. Right, right. And some areas it even has a subtitled in English for them. And so mm. the show is popular. And while we said that the 1.3 million people are seeing their YouTube channel, he tells us, the host says, well, there's going to be 60 million people watching the show. That's 60 million <laughs> eyeballs on the yeah. show. <laughs> oh my God. So it's pretty popular. They're, they're like, they're, they're like, I think this is their 12th season. Yeah. yeah so I think Wikipedia said they had their this. 11th season that's finished and now they're on their, they're recording their 12th. So we're going to be part of season 12, which is pretty incredible. And he said that what they're doing is they're coming to America to places that they've already been and they're doing this like reload or going through and trying places like getting they more detail been. or yeah, like yeah. spending more time in a certain place or something. We've so. come to Utah, but we haven't come to do this. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they got excited about the idea of doing Milky Way time lapse. Right. And to, to our complete delight, excitement, 
glory and surprise, <laughs> the one group that they went searching, it says, she tells me, our researchers looked up and they found out that you guys were the guys who can do it, have the gear for it, and are here in Utah. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we're the only people yeah. here <laughs> who can do that for you. You found the right people. Oh, my gosh. It was so such So, like, out honor. of all the hundreds of, you know, photographers in Utah that right. do night nighttime photography... I, it made me wonder, like, how do they choose us? Like, how do they find us out of everybody else? I mean, they must have found other people, but how do they, like, decide that we were the ones to do it? And it must have been our YouTube channel. It must have been that that sealed the deal is that they see that we are. There's two of us. We have all the stuff. We take it out with us. We show multiple times us going out on our YouTube channel. It's, that must have been it because other photographers don't really do that maybe it's yeah i think as much as we're doing as far as the youtube stuff so it's an awesome honor that they found us at all Mm -hmm. and it's so cool that the researchers were able to even come upon our work but then to have it match and i think if they did look like you're saying in our youtube channel and stuff they could see not only can these guys do it but they have at least enough charisma to be interesting on camera or capable of very minimal amount (laughs) (laughs) very minimum amount we weren't going to be this like, uh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah is this is a very nice way to do the Milky Way. Um, you just got to make sure your tripod's over here and point at the stars. You know, you know, people, you ask questions like, so how do you do it? And it's like, well, I just make sure I'm pointing up and it works. It's like, you know, stupid yeah, like, sarcastic really? replies. Yeah. Like, how do you use this gun? Well, you pull the trigger. It's like, no, yeah. you idiot. How do I actually use it right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, maybe maybe there's a chance. Now, when I think about like Joshua Snow, thinking about Royce Bear, mm-hmm. Eric Benedetti, mm-hmm. other people who are far more popular around this area than us. Right. How do we get lucky that they weren't asked? Or maybe for all we know, Royce was asked. He's like, no way. And then they asked Josh, and he's like, no, no. And these guys big-timed him. No, Royce, I doubt he would do that. Royce would have loved to do it. Royce was already an ab. Royce probably had a, a workshop he was NAB? doing. Yeah, NAB. I don't know NAB. In Vegas. In Vegas. It's right yeah. now? Yeah, it was actually this last uh, week. So he... so It might have been out there. Yeah. We fit the job because we were available. We were available. Because Aaron King doesn't know what channel. NAB is. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the actual email. Hi, my name is Anna. I'm a producer of TV travel show Heads and Tails. Heads and Tails is the number one travel show in Eastern Europe, Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, and 11 countries more. Kazakhstan. We open new travel destinations to our audience and advise the most interesting things to do and places to visit. We plan on filming in Utah 8 through 10 of April and want to ask if you have possibility to participate. We'll need your help and assistant with low-level landscape photos i'm like okay i'm reading this thinking it's just a classic like we're from india studio india and at right. studio india we really want to make sure you make money on your blog and so right. try studio india to do this edit and we can make it for it. it's like no no, no but it didn't it just sounded like she was going to be here and that's cool so that's legitimizing so right wow okay. yeah so we're gonna now take you guys along the trip of the whole experience of us getting down there where we set up i talked to them and encourage them they're going to be in moab and i encourage them to go away from the crowds at arches if it was mm, even a great mm-hmm. time to be there and so let's just drive an hour you know an hour and a half over here to goblin valley no one else will be there we'll have all the space to ourselves and we knew it could be a memorable opportunity for their cameras now i didn't know mm. that they weren't going to film during the day at all but there's right. still plenty of memorable moments so we're going to talk about that this whole podcast and so before we get into that i want to talk about an I want to tell you guys about Eric Benedetti. I already mentioned his name. Let's talk about it. He is teaching people star trackers. And we're going to go through his equipment, what gear he recommends. And we're doing a live online only workshop. 
So there's this one day, April 21st. You guys can get online with us for $79. You purchase it, and you'll be a part of the workshop. You can ask questions throughout the workshop. Like he's in the middle of talking about this one weird arm that he's attaching right here. And you type in, what the heck is that? Or mm. what's the name of that? I'm sitting there watching your questions come in. I'll say, hey, Eric, this guy's asking... What's the name of that arm you're using right now? You, you mentioned it, but we couldn't hear it. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, it's this. So there's going to be a live class kind of situation where you get virtually hang out with Eric Benedetti for five hours. We're going to go through the whole process of all the gear that he uses and the gear that he recommends and why he recommends this gear versus that gear. And then we're going to actually see him go for an hour and a half setting up his gear piece by piece. And so if you're sitting there, like a friend of mine, Neil Zingle, he has all this gear sitting on his table. I announced this workshop and he sends me a text to me with a picture. He goes, I'm so stoked you guys have that because mm. I have all this, all this equipment on my kitchen table and I'm wondering what to do with it. And then I saw your post and it was like perfect, perfect timing. Nice. <laughs> He's like, okay, how do I use this now? He's all excited for the star adventurer and what did he do now? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to actually see with much better clarity than the last live video that I did before. We have a nice white background. You can see with clarity all the gear. And I'm going to be the cameraman moving the camera around, making sure that you guys can actually feel like you're standing right next to Eric Benedetti and he's showing you how he sets his gear up. And so you're not going to have any questions of how to set up your gear. Mm. You're going to know precisely where to put it, where to put this, put up here and the best way and reasons why you do these things. And so we take you all through that process and then he'll talk about his best practices while on location. I do this. I do this for setting my North star polar. Like I get my, uh, what's he call it? Polar sinking polar, polar alignment maybe or? polar alignment yeah thanks where you get aligned with the pol polaris and you get set up there and making sure that your thing is set up and ready to go for your first few shots and he's going to walk you through all of those steps and you can ask questions throughout the entire thing and then we're going to go through his post-processing and how he handles post-processing of images where the foreground obviously is moving and is blurry when you're moving the star tracker around yeah, yeah. how does he handle that does he take his foreground shot last first multiple times does he stack what does eric benedetti do and we're going to learn that. And then we'll have a Q&A session with all the stuff that you've learned for four hours. Now you can ask the questions that have been pending that you were too, too nervous to ask before or just finally thought of it. This is going to be available for that one day only. You will join us for that April 21st. It's coming up in less than two weeks. And join us out there. If you need to come and watch a replay, there, there are going to be replays to purchase. But I'm encouraging people to buy the live workshop because this live workshop will be only as good as the time that we spend together collaborating on the questions and making sure we get mm. the most out of Eric Benedetti that day. And so I'm encouraging people to not think, okay, well, I'll just buy it. I'm not going to come. And then we're sitting there with crickets, you know, Eric Benedetti is talking to a camera and crickets and no one else is there participating. And we have two people who are trying to come up with all the questions the world needs to ask. So the replay will cost more. So if you buy now at $79 for the workshop and you can participate in it and you will get a copy of it or you can buy the replay because you can't make it and you can buy the replay anytime afterwards. I'll sell it for months and months and years and years to come and you can buy that replay for $99. So save yourself 20 bucks, buy it now or buy the replay later. I will put that up the day of the workshop. You'll see the replay available. But for now, only thing available is to buy the workshop. So hope you guys are considering joining. Cool. Yeah. If you want to do star tracking photography at all this year, Learn the master's Eric Benedetti's methods. He's really, really fantastic at it. Yeah, and it'll he be is. fun to have him. Awesome.
So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and take our first break of the podcast, get myself some breath, because whenever I do things like this, I lose my breath, and we'll come back and we'll talk about this crazy adventure of hanging out with some Ukrainians down in Goblin Valley. Okay. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast, everybody. Now, at this point, we've already communicated with our Ukrainian and Russian friends. Here's well, where we're barely. Going to be. It was mixed. It was weird. Yeah, it was difficult communication. Let's just say that it has been interesting because everyone had a really good handle of the language, but we never had good signal. Or I was in a noisy situation, and we just could not communicate well over the phone whatsoever. Yevgeny was the best. When I got him on the phone, went really well. Mm. Anna was asking me to slow down sometimes, like, don't talk too fast. Don't yeah. do what you were doing. I was, I, I got excited. You know, I talked too fast. And so mm-hmm. then we finally got it clear that, you know what, we're going to meet at Green River. At first, they wanted to meet in Goblin Valley. And I thought that was kind of a bummer way to do it because we would yeah. meet right at Goblin Valley in the dark. Right. An hour before the Milky Way. That was going to be rough. Thankfully, they decided they wanted us to meet them for dinner, and we were able to plan to meet them in Green River, and that was the first time we got a chance to meet up with them. Brendan and I went down to Green River. Uh, no, it was Sunday. We went down Goblin Valley, and we got ourselves in position to walk through Goblin Valley and find the spot that we want to take them. Yeah, I think that was smart for us to do that, to do some scouting in the daytime, <sighs> to scope out the area. Yeah. We tried to find our old location. We ended up walking past it, naturally. <laughs> Funny enough, we had the MyTracks app going. We yeah. found our old location that we did two years ago on Google Earth, and then I folded in the MyTracks lines that mine and Brendan's had recorded, and it looks like we were just off of the grotto, just enough to not see it, and then walked right through mine. That's we're so standing funny. right there. And we're like, gosh, where is it? We wandered around. <laughs> but, you know, it was nice, though, because then we just went back. We went back to the beginning of the trail where you come down the hill from the parking lot. And we just decided, you know, two two things over, two, like, bundles of rocks or whatever you call them. I don't know. Like a, group, a grouping of hoodoos, grouping I guess. Grouping of hoodoos. The grouping of hoodoos. <laughs> um, the second grouping over was perfect. It was fine. Like it was in the right direction. We walked around. I walked around with my uh, half the time with my phone in front of me, looking at photo pills to see. Okay, so at two twenty, this is where the Milky Way is going to rise over the horizon. And uh, let's see, was this going to look good? This going to look good. So we figured that grouping would be easy. We just walked down. We walked about a hundred yards or it's so. Right there, yeah. And from from the bottom of the stairs, you know. Turn right, walk 100 yards, boom, let's set up lights. So that's the easiest way for them to get there, enjoy it, have something cool to look at still, and really, I mean, they never really got a sense of the place. No, I mean, hardly. if they would have actually wandered around in the daytime, they would have been freaking out. Like, oh, this is amazing. They would have been freaking astounded. Because it is. It's like you're walking on, there's no. There's almost no plants, very few plants. And so, Actually, first time ever, I, we, we saw, saw some blooming plants. Blooming plants. Yeah, some flowering. Purple flowers, right? Yeah, it was really, really cool. But that was like one in a million of yeah. <laughs> plant life around there. <laughs> Everything else is just Martian landscape. Yeah, it's just so crazy. So such a cool place. Really freaking fantastic. And so we've decided on the cool spot, got a little signal to confirm, okay, they're going to go to this restaurant in Green River, meet you there in 50 minutes, and we book it back to the restaurant. Yep. I'm already in there, and I'm giving my business card to the lady who's up front, the hostess, saying, hey, if you mm. see a group looking for us, we don't know what they look like, but here's Photog Adventures. If they're asking for Photog Adventures, that's me. I'll be back here. But you met them for the first time outside. 
yeah, I actually heard them talking and I just kind of tilted my ear a little bit to see, is it Russian they're speaking? Okay, that sounds like Russian. <laughs> and then I helped them come in and it was um, the girl, what's her name? Tasia. Tasia. Oh yeah, Ta- Tasha. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, or Tasia. Yeah, I pronounce. think it's like Tasia, but they pronounce it so fast. It's like Tasha. It's like like Tasha. We would say Tasha. I think so. Yeah. 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 But not um, Natasha. Not Natasha. Not the no. classic stereotypical Russian name. And so Natasha. it's uh, her and the cameraman were there walking towards the restaurant. And I and I held the door for him to walk in. And then as they were like asking questions, I'm just like, yeah, let's just, just let's go this way. I'm like kind of guiding him from the back. They're looking at me like, who's this guy? They didn't know you were with me? No, they didn't. No. Well, they had no idea who I was either, but they yeah. didn't know. Then when they saw you in the booth and we broke them, then they turned around like, I'm like, I'm here. I'm, I'm really? there. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> really? Then it connected. It made when sense. When you were it's behind funny. them walking in, I figured you had already talked to them. No, they didn't know. It was, no, they didn't know it was me. No, you just were like guiding them? <laughs> kind of. Like the, like the waitress was like, or the, the girl, the, yeah, the waitress didn't know. And so... The girl, she just walked past the lady at the front because she's like, she's like, I'm looking for someone. that's like, oh, okay, just go on. And so, and you just kept following him, like, hey, yeah, you guys sound cool. Well, they knew, it. they kind of knew where they were kind of going to see you, so it was just kind of funny. <laughs> so we only, they didn't realize I was a caboose. Yeah, they didn't realize that you were part of Photog yeah. Adventures at all. Huh? Uh, the only person we could recognize were the hosts. We had mm. them in mind. We didn't know if we were getting the girl or the guy. Right. We just knew it was most likely this couple because they were in Dallas, Arizona, and other places in America recently. So I figured it was one of those two. And was it the same guy? It was exactly the same guy. Okay. Same guy from the Arizona video I watched. Because I didn't see those videos. I just saw the one in North Carolina. North it was Carolina. a different couple. Uh, different couple? Yeah. Okay. Yep, it was. And he had you know, his awesome beard, his glasses. Anton, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, he was fun. And so they come through, and I recognize him. And as I see him walking with Brendan, and... It's funny when you have this sort of a TV situation where they, the producers have asked you to be there, to go there, but they haven't really told you anything of what we're really doing. Mm-mm. We weren't aware that they wanted Milky Way time lapses at that point. We just thought they wanted to go out and ta- capture one shot right? or low-level landscape photography, and that could have been low-level light or maybe just blue hour. Uh, we weren't even sure, mm-hmm. but we figured Milky Way and that Goblin Valley would be perfect for it. And... We just were kind of waiting to see what they wanted to tell us. And there were these conversations that they would have amongst themselves in Russian. And a Ukrainian, probably more accurate for them, Ukrainian. And they'd go back and forth. And then they would inform us about what they're thinking. And I think the information that we got was like a third (laughs) of the information that they had amongst each other. Like a 10-minute conversation turned into, would you guys like orange juice? (laughs) (laughs) And we're like... You sure that's all you talked about was orange juice? I swear he said something about being short. He <laughs> <laughs> said something derogatory about the, short people. That one, the, that one looks very good. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting uh, that they would have these discussions and then they talked to us very briefly. <laughs> and so we were kind of like half guessing. But they were in luck because we do produce our own videos. They really lucked out because we could understand most of what they were talking about just by their body language and what they were doing. What they were, what they were doing next, yeah. Because once the cameraman came in and started doing stuff, we knew exactly what he wanted because we we could basically basically read his mind because we've been there, done that. Like it's <laughs> right. So it was really really beneficial for them. So after a little bit of conversation, they filmed their their host. You know, the host of the show arrive, mm-hmm. get to his seat, order something. They had him, you know, doing some things and then talking to the camera about here I am, blah, 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 and whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe he told them where he was in the city and where in Utah, blah, blah. Right. And then they wanted to they wanted to narr- 
create this narrative of him having just happened upon the restaurant and we were just happened to be photographers. Right. And he's like, you guys are photographers? I love photographers. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> oh, this is what we're doing. And we show him a picture and he's like, oh my gosh, I want to do that too. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's the part of, that's the part of reality TV show, really reality TV that's produced. You know what I mean? Right. Because you can never, you don't, you can never Staged. trust reality TV. It's not really as I do quote unquote reality TV. It's they not contacted real. us, got us to be there, told us where to be or when to be there. And then the TV show, as far as the show is concerned, the guy met us at the restaurant. Right. It was this impromptu, these guys. I mean, we literally took a picture with chances? Brendan's camera of my <laughs> iPad to show the Goblin Valley picture on the iPad. You took a picture of it just so that it could be on the back of your camera LCD screen because they really wanted that to be in the shot. Yeah, because I, <laughs> as extra B-roll, I don't know if they're going to actually use it or not because it, you could see the reflections of the lights and it was so bad. You could see it was a picture so. of a picture. Because <laughs> I came with a clean card, right? I mean, I'm coming in the night. I'm going to do night photography. I'm going to do a time lapse. I'm like, I got to have a clean card. So right. there's no images in the back it's of the camera, which is pretty funny. He's like, go through your pictures and let's watch you do that. It's like, you- no image, no image. <laughs> like, uh, how about the iPad? <laughs> there's some pictures on there. As comfortable as we are in front of the camera, I wasn't prepared to fake my interaction necessarily. And they didn't give us enough information as to how much I should or shouldn't say. Because like I could jump in and be like, holy crap, man, yeah, blah, 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 blah. But then I could take a whole two, three, you know, you guys know me, 10 minutes of their time, and that would have really killed the pacing of their mm. show. Their host needs to say the most, right? me. Right. So I just felt like this weird dumbo. Is like, he but comes- because, of, because of that, though, I think it came off more natural. Did it because, actually? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that Thank goodness, because I felt like an idiot. As he approaches... <laughs> Uh, Brendan, I just happened to sit in this angle where I was my back against the window and he was facing me. And so in a double booth, right? In a double, double booth. booth yeah. yeah. That he's in a long bench. I'm in a long bench. And for, in order to have the shot of the host and us go in, it's more or less shooting over Brendan's shoulder to see mm-hmm. me. I become unfortunately the face that they're seeing more as he introduces himself to us. At and so he approaches yeah. me after we've already talked and we know each other like, Oh, hi man. He's all excited. Like, acting and getting all excited about this and I'm trying not to blush. I'm trying not to sound (laughs) fake. And I'm like, oh yeah, hey, we actually do this all the time. Would you like to come with us? Yeah, of course. That'd be awesome. You know, like really short one-liners that were almost (laughs) too ready to comply. No like convincing, no thinking it over. Like, Brennan, do we want to trust this dude? I mean, do we want to go with this guy? I mean, we actually have done that all the time with people we've But now met. when you see that on other shows, you're going to know how it happens. Because <laughs> yeah. when, I, when, I, I, when I was sitting there and watching this happen in my mind, I'm like <laughs> flashing back at other shows that I've seen. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember seeing like that before. Like I've actually seen this happen on TV before. It's hilarious. <laughs> Where they're just like, sure. go on. Like, I just met you. Let's go arm in arm over to my place. It's like, right. It's like, right. Like that's going to happen in real life. And I've wondered sometimes why the person responding seemed to be just like, yeah. And that's all they said. Mm-hmm. It's because they probably put them on the spot like mm-hmm. me where I'm like, don't say too much. Don't say too little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, they would say what they'd say to us in English, but then they'd have him redo it entirely in Ukrainian. Or in Russian. Yeah. And yeah. he'd be looking at the camera and talking to us. And at one point, this is skipping forward too far. I'll wait for that part. But they talk to us in Russian, looks at us and then says something to the camera. And, and Brendan and I just don't have anything we're told to do. And yeah. so we kind of just sit there with smiles on our faces like, sure <laughs> and every next we scene, try to pretend like we understand what he's saying I'm like uh-huh i'm looking uh-huh. at him like and i'm shaking my head like yeah that sounds good at one point i was probably plotting our death 
publicly and was like, that sounds good. In America, you guys can see how there's some that are skinny and some Stab that are really fat. Stab me with a knife. Fat. That Look sounds awesome. really fat American. <laughs> he's so great. He rubs my shoulder. I'm like, ha, 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 hey, man, how's it going, buddy? I have no idea what he's saying. And, uh, it, you know, he's such a good guy. It was so much fun to work with him and make jokes, but I was having to hold back all my instincts of making extra jokes because mm, I really wanted mm-hmm, to. I wanted mm-hmm. to play off of him. But, uh, but they wouldn't – I don't know. They might not get it, though. So At one point, I remember wondering – do they want me to look at the camera ever or just always avoid the camera? Because he's mm. looking at the camera. So there's no fourth wall to break. It's, it's Yeah, he's looking, looking at, the, at audience, the camera. Talking to the audience, yeah. So can I look at the camera too or should I always just look off in the distance? So I just always looked at Brendan. I just sat there staring at Brendan. And they had me have the laptop out with Lightroom up showing a Death Valley shot. Mm-hmm. We had a Goblin Valley shot. And then Brendan's camera was out with his battery grip and the Goblin Valley shot in the back of it. And <laughs> I think So it was very obvious what we were doing there. <laughs> you saw his face the best when he would do it so mm-hmm. you describe it when he would talk about the picture because i oh, could see his yeah. face i was just kind of looking at you and every t- and what's funny about that is that every time he was talking i would look at him because i was just there almost like i was part of the audience like if he's talking you look at him and that's right. gonna draw the audience to him so that's that what you but naturally for me do to look but at him i would be kind of turned be, all the way you, to my right yeah it is awkward awkwardly position looking yeah up at a guy who's inches from my face inches. so as he's explaining he actually does a tear scene which is hilarious <laughs> tears he actually wipes tears from his eyes almost like he was saying oh my gosh it's amazing like this like these pictures are so beautiful i can't believe i'm going to be part of this and it's just and he's like shaking his hands like it's amazing it's too oh, much yeah, to like, handle I'm, it's like yeah. too hot like his hands are up in the air and he's like waving he's them really, at his eyes he was really really he was really hamming it up oh, yeah it's so hilarious so it'll, be, it'll be really funny to see what they put in that episode and how they how they edit that <laughs> i was trying so hard not to laugh at him yeah he yeah. was doing some stuff just like mm-hmm. so i kept having that big grin on my face it's just like <laughs> real d-bag grin on my face he's like i don't know what to do i'm just kind of still grinning and i was getting warmer and warmer my face is getting redder <laughs> i could feel myself getting warm i'm afraid that in the footage it's going to come across as plump american sweating ready for his food you know <laughs> it's like weirdo it's like oh this sucks i was feeling so uncomfortable there but then it got more comfortable um, we, the, the the waiter and waitress would bring back our food and like they couldn't talk to us we're too busy and mm-hmm. they put our food on the other table and that food was just getting colder and colder and we're we're doing like 17 takes of just and I'm thinking it's a good thing I got a cold sandwich <laughs> this is great <laughs> this works for me so anything in the restaurant we should say before I go on I can't remember mm. he told us the news about 60 million people yeah he told us we did some videos for our YouTube channel we showed us talking to it and he jumps over the table even at one point he pushes Tassi side and he's like watch out and he climbs over the bench and mm-hmm. then says something at the camera and he's just a good guy he's just a yeah. great really fun guy to hang out with yeah so yeah, it was good. Um, the, the restaurant was actually a great pick. They picked the restaurant, and uh, it was surprisingly great food. So I was worried. I'm like, we're gonna eat in Green River. I've never enjoyed anything there. That one place. Um, what is it? The, it the must be one. Of, they must have yelped it or something because it was one of the top restaurants. Yeah. Because after I got, I mean, I got, I got, I got rice, cilantro rice, and a turkey avocado sandwich. Delicious. And I was like, I was like, dude, this is perfect. It was perfect. So they did like, a cool thing with the cheese on my mushroom and Swiss burger, where they 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 cooked it enough that it became that like really crispy, bubbly cheese, mm-hmm. but like in one big long wafer almost. And so I got a fried egg added to it because I just oh yeah, like fried that's right. Eggs you said mushroom yeah, and Swiss. Oh, so good. And they did that with that. Oh, that's a great sandwich. I wish I could have had it warm because it would have been delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time, here's the thing that Aaron King has to work on. 
when someone approaches me like this, I should be like, yeah, we can do that. Here is the cost. Yeah, because we ended like up that. doing it for free. <laughs> we ended up doing it for free. Because we didn't sign any papers. We didn't do anything, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's nothing in agreement. There, there's no agreement to not do anything with our video. All I can until- say is my wife wasn't really happy about that news, but. She wasn't? I'm no. sorry. It, She's like, you didn't come up with money? Like, no. It's a great collaboration, <laughs> though, with such a good opportunity. It was, yeah. But at the same time, it's like. No one speaks English. However, there's probably someone, maybe 10, 20 people, who might come and think of us. If they come to, to Utah, do and they want to do photography, and they see the show. I mean, that's 60 million eyes. I'm thinking, and I'm telling my wife, and we're, my wife and I were talking, like, look, if 10 or 20 people, you know, end up Pays for coming itself. to coming here in, you know, in a workshop over the, last, over the next two years, totally right. worth it, right? Totally worth it. So, that's what I was thinking. They pay it forward, kind and of I thing, didn't right? want to push him away because I was so honored by the opportunity. And no, I, I think kept it's a asking things like, what, "What about this? Is a paid situation? What are we going to do?" And they're like, mm-hmm. "We'll give you details in a phone call." Then the phone call came through, and it was really bad connection, mm-hmm. really bad connection. We'll call you after six, and it became eleven o'clock at night. They called me, you know, and, and that like, was like dinner time at that point. Yeah, and so well, uh, I didn't have very much to say in that. I tried to get him to tell me more, and we never really got into great details. And finding out that they have an unlimited budget with one host and a hundred dollars with the other, like, the we got the hundred dollar guy, and we got the hundred dollar guy. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even pay for our dinner that night, you know. Right. This didn't even cover our like twenty dollars of food. Right. And so we probably weren't going to get money out of them, but it would have been great if I had just been more assertive and said. Here's the cost of what we do when we take people out like this. It'll be four fifty a person. And so if you want both Brendan and I, it'll be like one thousand, you know. Mm-hmm. Now we have the two on one workshop that we've offered people in the past and we're probably gonna cut that back, but we still have it available right now where people can get both of us for only four hundred and fifty and we just go hang out with them. That's a deal. It's a, it's mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. I mean we we end up not making anything really other than we get a chance to go out with someone fun, have gas covered and get to a cool place. I mean, that's yeah. the benefit. It's not something that's gonna make us money. We're certainly not doing hundreds of those every year right crazy right so i could have offered them like a thousand dollar price range and i'm sure they would have just been like sure all right here you go if it was worth it to them Mm -hmm. i I didn't play that game right i just well you know it's the first time this ever happened and it may be the last but we at least know if it it comes (laughs) up again we at least know how to approach it i'm the ugly guy where the girl's like do you want to go to prom and i'm like uh yes i'm not even gonna think twice about whether this is some sort of a prank i'm so excited (laughs) to go (laughs) <laughs> just I'm doing it. And so we now tell them, okay, we have an hour drive back. We're going out here, and we're hoping that they're putting Photog Adventures, Aaron King, Brendan Porter, underneath our, our – our, Right, uh, right. We are hoping that's happening. We haven't got any agreement that will happen. That's another kind of thing where we need a producer. Well, they have done on their show. Us. I mean, they showed – they. I remember on their show they did show a picture of the guy, and they put his name underneath them. Um, to show like this is the this is the flower guy. This is this is Ben Carson. He sells flowers, and oh, you know it's in the series. dot com. That'd be awesome. Yeah, they may or may not, but at least they're going to use our names. Uh, at very least, they use our names. I think so. Cool. And we had the Photog Adventures because they should say the- yeah. Because because uh, I'm what I'm thinking is because we are like a business that they should say Aaron King Photog Adventures underneath your name. You know, mm-hmm. on the Hope lower so. third, and it should be the same for me as well. So we'll see if that. If they actually do it correctly <laughs> or not. So. so now we drive them to Goblin Valley. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to feel nervous because every minute feels like seven minutes. And we're starting to think that we've gone too far mm. or that we're taking them way too far. It felt like forever to get there. <laughs> I don't know why. It didn't feel that long getting no. back to Green River. Coming back that next but, day and oh going my back gosh. Dinner, Well, he was going. So, so um, y- y- Yevgeny? Yevgeny was driving kind of slow. 
like the speed limit was 80 miles an hour and he was going 70 and I'm like, dude, if I go 80, I'm going to lose him. And so Did I you? slowed down to eight. I slowed down to seven. I'm just like, ah, oh. so to get this, the exit took longer than it should have. And then getting there, we were going pretty much the speed limit and that was fine. And, uh, it just felt like eternity to get to the park for some reason off the freeway. So, uh, yeah. But once we got out it, the time flew, I mean, setting up different shots. I'm so glad we went early. Well, man, because so we were first early. telling them like maybe two o'clock because the, the well, Milky Way is not going to rise until the Milky Way really. So they thought we'll just come an hour before. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, oh, I'll and I'm like, give me at least a half an hour to set up and stuff. Whatever. It wouldn't take us that long. Yeah, we but had they had no camera guy and lights and everything. Mind. They did a much smarter job, I think. <laughs> leaving, we left the restaurant around eleven, I think, right? And we got the yeah, Goblin Valley is around 11. midnight. We had at least two hours till the Milky Way came up, and we used every we minute used of every it. minute of it because I mean, they were doing nuts. different shots, different takes, different. Th- and it was very, very smart on their end because yeah. uh, they needed that footage to make a really great segment, and it's going to turn out way better than than we would have initially have done. Right. I would go to get something out of the car, and she's like, "Come and slap my wrist, almost." He'd be like, "No, no, no, Aaron, wait, wait." And then we get the camera going. Yeah, and it's then, like, let's then hand him the gloves on camera. Like, hand <laughs> him the had co- an extra pair of gloves, and he goes up to Anton, and he's like, hey, you've got these extra pair of gloves. You want to use these? And they're like, wait, wait, wait. And they send yeah. Brendan back, hit the do camera again. again. <laughs> and then he has to come and do that it's on camera. It's good thing I'm such a good actor. I can do it over <laughs> and over again, like butter. Hey, Anton, would you <laughs> like these gloves? It might be cold. It might be cold. <laughs> As you like stared at the camera the whole time, with the goofy grin on. <laughs> so everything I like we Wizard did, of Oz. they wanted. <laughs> I like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Quiet, I'm thinking. Um, you would go in to do something, and they're like, "No, no, 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 not yet." And I'd have to like recollapse my tripod down so that I could, un- you know, it pull wasn't it like a big deal, but it, it was just kind of funny. We're just, we're on wait, and then everything they did, they had this one thing where. They would say something at the camera in Russian. They would see him interact with us in English. And then they'd also have sort of a zoomed-in single-frame picture that they would mm-hmm. take of the moment and then pull back. It's some of their editing techniques, I think. You notice Yeah, yeah. On, the show, on their show, I noticed that they do like a video, like especially if it was like the guy selling the flowers on the bench. Like, this is Ben Carson, the flower guy. And they would do like a quick snapshot and then put his name underneath it. So it would be like a still photo oh. in the video. And then they'd go back to the video. So, And I could hear him taking pictures – which is brilliant about using – he was using a 5D Mark III. We haven't mentioned that yet. That's the crazy part is this TV show's coming. We don't know what they're going to have for gear. Right. And the guy's got a 5D Mark III. Could have had a Sony video camera. Could have had whatever. They actually do have a Sony, but the other host took the Sony, not realizing that they could use it better for low-level light. But it worked fine for him because I happen to have the 50-millimeter lens 1.2L, which is great at night <laughs> for what they were doing. They had just enough lights, too. So I think by hitting li- lights, we had lights. Yeah, and by lending him my lens, which gave him a little bit more, actually, du- t- almost double the amount of light of what he had before. Two aperture. He awesome. had a one point eight fifty millimeter, and I handed my lens. He's like, "Oh yeah, this will work." <laughs> he did. <laughs> he's looking at. It, he's just like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, this will work." It's so beautiful. You're doing the fifty millimeter shootout on our YouTube channel. It's coming mm-hmm. out soon. Yeah, so in a people couple can days. see that if you want to check it out on our YouTube channel. Look for it. It's coming out in a couple days. It's a beautiful lens with a front element that's yeah. just like Tamron size glass. Nearly. Well, it's not that big, but it's, N- yeah. it's, it's, it's sweet. So Brendan's lens is entirely saving this segment of their show. 
and we're repeating everything, and we're literally walking 20 yards, stopping. They get in front of us, moving lights around, go another 20 yards. Then they move the lights around. It was whole production, yeah. It was like the entire pathway there was well lit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They actually watch it all connected together. It'll seem funny that we're walking through this, you know, well-lit scene, although maybe it won't. But you need that for video. I mean, you really do need a ton of light. I wish we could do that for our YouTube channel. We need a producer who's going to stand there and tell us to repeat that, try this again, do this. Yeah, we need so a person who's running details, around yeah. cameraing and doing the lights. Because mm-hmm. so. the cameraman was doing the lights, and there was another guy, Givgeny, ended up being one of the people <laughs> holding a light because he was just sitting there. He was supposed to be a translator, and Anton was good enough. His English was good enough that oh, we almost great. didn't need you getting half the time to translate. So no. he was just like, I'm standing around getting cold. So the camera is like, here, take a light. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we were this. in the middle of one of our scenes where we walked a little bit and now they're moving the lights. And I looked at Anton and I'm like, okay, so when you're done with this trip and you go home, what do you think? You'll have two, three weeks of being, you know, yourself and just relaxing. He goes, ha, one week. One week. And uh, then they go somewhere else and does this again. Poor guy. After that night, I thought about <laughs> everything we went through and all of the repeat this, repeat that, say this again. And I was like, oh, you know, that could be really tiring. And I was picturing... Anton somewhere in Moab that day doing that as well, doing that again. Yeah, because because the like, producer girl was sunburnt, like she obviously didn't wear a hat. Oh yeah, all day long that day, and so she was. That. Which yeah. is not related to what I was saying. No, but you just thought of it. Yeah, I just okay. thought that as you were okay, saying. Okay, cool. yeah. <laughs> it's like I guess because they were out in Moab earlier that day. She got sunburned. So, and they're you know. going other places most likely the next day. Yeah, and just yeah. thinking about how have, tiring his mm-hmm. day must be, having to do everything with baby steps. And then repeat, repeat, baby step, repeat, repeat. Yeah, and so when people hear actors saying, yeah, it's work, the people that don't have any idea what acting actually is and what it takes to produce video. Yeah. Because people look at a video and be like, oh, before I could do that, it's like, go ahead, good luck, have fun, because <laughs> it's a labor of freaking love, my friend. You know, it's not easy. So if there's any haters out there that see our, see our YouTube videos and be like, oh, you guys could do this better, this better, it's like, you're more than welcome to do it because yeah. it's freaking hard. It is work. It's easy to forget certain things that you should have done, should have said, oh, or make sure all the you time. get better B-roll, and it's exhausting. And we didn't have a person who was helping us remember these things. Plus, we're already coming to the trips exhausted already, and so then we're coming up with like do, half, yeah. half, half alive brains, <laughs> and then we're out there trying to do a video with half alive brains, and we're forgetting right. half the stuff. And um, you guys are lucky we have any content. <laughs> well, lately we <laughs> haven't. True. If you're watching our YouTube channel, I haven't been able to. I got some help from people who are freelancers and everything. It's coming. We still I, need to direct those the guys. The month of and, April yeah. is going to be fantastic. Oh, it's already happened. Damn mm-hmm. it. Well, the month of April is going to continue getting better every day because we're really fully set up now. Brennan's got up another computer in here. we yeah, got a station yeah. that we can edit off of, and it's going to be catch-up time, and yes. I, I, I can't wait. Yeah. So excited to do this. I mean, I did my 50 millimeter shootout video footage was done in Crater June Lake of, of last year, <laughs> last summer. So, I mean, I, and then I did my, and then I did the, the uh, office part of it, my at home studio part uh, a few months later looking at the images. But now there's all together. I've got one step to do and I'm, I can probably upload it tomorrow Ooh, I hope so. evening at the earliest I'm thinking. When so you guys hear this podcast tomorrow time, our time, you guys are going to be able to possibly check our YouTube channel towards, I say 6 PM. It'll definitely be out by then. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah. Get a chance. Look at our YouTube channel and find it. So the whole experience of getting out there, of just arriving to the spot. Thank goodness. We chose a spot mm. that was only a hundred yards away. Because it yes. took us an hour just to get to that point. 
And the great part was this one guy was thinking about coming back at night, and then we got there. There's nobody, absolutely oh, you nobody mean else there. Someone else we saw at earlier Gullen that Valley day wanted to was come back. Also, do star photography, and he and didn't, he didn't come, come back. back. He didn't show up. So Which we were there all by ourselves, the whole so entire weird. place to ourselves. It was fantastic. The sky was perfectly clear. We, we're gonna, it was after amazing. this segment, we're going to cut close and we're going to come back and do what went well, what didn't go well, and we've got to talk about that because yeah, absolutely. it was our best of the year so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, continuing on the last part, let's just like in three more minutes end the discussion of hanging out there with Anton. Mm-hmm. And let's make sure that we cover everything that we did there so anything else that comes to your mind for me what comes to mind is that i'm out there we got our cameras tripod set up and they're kind of wanting to film quickly and we're choosing spot but our composition's not there mm. the lighting that they're doing is so flat for the for the rocks it's not working yeah, out. yeah it's for video it's not like, for the i wanted to start a yeah. time lapse and i couldn't mm-hmm. they said they wanted a time lapse but i couldn't really get one going because everything was so bright even what looked like it was not bright, a simple eight-second shot was blowing it out. Every, oh, all the rocks were gone. Yeah, I did like half-second, and it was like the rocks were blown out. And I was like, whoa, we got to tone this down. So then we kind of stepped on their toes a little bit. Like, okay, look, if we want to start doing photography, we have I to kill the like lights. That. I felt like I stepped on their toes. I was like, so is there any chance? So let's hurry this doing... up. Let's finish it. Let's go. You know, we so... <laughs> have the lights? <laughs> yeah. So, so we got them to finally let me have the lights. And Brent and I, we start going all over the place, like trying different angles, trying this. And the subject that we had will talk about this and what didn't go well and what went well about the actual subject but mm. we finally got the lights in position we're taking our shots and they're seeing the difference now the not blown out rock mm-hmm. the sky has airglow and the stars are showing up and people are seeing this and they're just amazed at it and the milky way is just barely the dust clouds just barely over the horizon and uh yeah it was fantastic to see that <laughs> starting then show him like look see he's like oh and the camera then then he, of course he had to talk about it and stuff some more and they were moving <laughs> lights around closer to him and there were lower light level lights but they were closer to him so it made him brighter which is great but and made you guys show up with the camera yeah so half the time i think he's going to be a floating head in those scenes but that's fine because that's i think it's know. better than that it looked like it had a ton of light on him but good. i oh, never good. saw the back of Ant of artom artyom's uh camera he was mm, the cameraman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i never saw what he saw but with the 5d mark three with that lens, with that lens i'm it sure should be he pretty saw decent. pretty decent yeah yeah and it's just amazing to think that their full-scale production for this this tv studio is that and that's fine i mean we yeah. are sitting there with their gear with quality gear to do it right. ourselves and yet right. we use our iphone 7 instead to record that kind of stuff which still does a great amazing oh, job does a fantastic job. so yeah so it's, then, it's amazing what you can do these days at one point brendan's there and he's telling him what we're needing to do to get focus get set up get the camera to yeah, make I'm going sure through the, the steps not too yeah, long yeah. And stuff like that for teaching milky photography and letting him try it out they do a test shot and all throughout this Brendan would say like one line and then he would respond to him in English and then get all excited at the camera in, in Ukrainian but he would also look at Brendan and say things looking at Brendan in Ukrainian for two or three sentences and at one point Brendan goes can you say that again in English <laughs> <laughs> and you could hear me laugh in the distance I'm like ha <laughs> And no one else laughed with us. Yeah, but. it was totally funny. Like I just pulled that one out. Was just, yeah, <laughs> I was laughing at it, and no one else was. I'm not sure what they'll keep and what they'll cut. It's crazy how they get a lot of footage. Of so footage, yeah, oh yeah, and they're gonna cut that down to 17 minutes, maybe. Right. I thought the right. segment might be a five, seven minute segment, but no, no, I mean, it's gonna be long. As much background as he gave about the time lapse mm-hmm. and how this works and that works, and then just showing the time lapse, they're gonna probably be up on the screen for 10 minutes plus. For yeah, their, yeah, their episode. it'll be really fun. 
I think it'll be really fun. So this was Milkweed Photography at Goblin Valley. It's our first one out in that season at this time of year. We have never been to Goblin Valley in April, and we brought right. May, June. We went in March, but we kind of went outside of Goblin Valley and went to the Hanksville Butte, you know? Mm-hmm. So what went well and what didn't go well with our photography there? Let's talk about that when we come back from this last break. Okay. Welcome back to the Photo Talk Adventures podcast. We are now going to talk about the photography element of being on this TV show. I mean, there wasn't as much of a normal setup as we would typically go through, and everything was kind of rushed. I mean, some things like getting focus and getting this going was just sort of get it to work for a time lapse. It doesn't have to be perfect for a, a single image. But I've already seen your image on Instagram, Brendan. Right, and right, yeah. Other than having the lighting, well, I'll talk about that later. It's really, really fantastic shot. So let's start off with your side. What went well for you and the photography out there? Well, you know, the really good thing is that uh, I we, we've practiced so much, even just recently. I mean, we've gone out every month this year at least one night and got Milky Way. So just having that practice and uh, being really just ready to go with my settings and knowing exactly how to dial it in. Yeah. And uh, it just went really well as far as me just setting things up and knowing how to show him what to do. Um, And then just establishing where, uh, you know, where the best place was. We ended up going up and down the hill a little bit uh, to figure out what was the best composition, which was kind of tough because it was kind of a steep hill. It was all just dirt it's a semi-loose dirt, you know? It's kind of weird. And the yeah, thing semi-loose, about, I, I want to chime in on that because it's one of my what didn't go well was the composition of the mm. hoodoos. Uh, as you tried to bring the hoodoos off the horizon, because if you went up the hill too much, you would end up shortening the hoodoos to the point where the yeah, horizon yeah. of the distant hills yeah. were matching up with the hoodoos. And so all their silhouettes were blending together. The best view was when you had those hoodoos crossing over the horizon and silhouetted against the starry sky. That's mm-hmm. when they look best. Mm-hmm. But because of where we had to put our lighting, or I guess had to is, or, or, is a misstatement because we could put it anywhere we wanted. But we were rushing for the right. time lapse. They were happy with the shots. And then once they got lighting that showed the rock, they were happy. And, you know, it's better for the show that the final image looks almost like the image you've shown all along the way. If we went and had completely right. different lighting, completely different composition, it would be as if we didn't do anything with him. And they were pretending like he was there as recorded and came back and saw it finish. And so we can't change that much. So we were kind of stuck, stuck to keep whatever that composition was. And so with yeah, your exactly. image, I'm going to pull up Instagram again to look at it. But your image, you do have a tiny amount of overlap with the horizon. But for the most part, it does mm-hmm. actually sink under the horizon, doesn't it? Let me pull it up. Okay, here I got it. Okay, for on the far left, you got those really nicely overlapping. And then the middle... Yeah, I'd say it's overlapping enough, but it's just also lost, you know, with that horizon. But it's still, it's still good. It's still fun. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I totally agree with your point. I could have done it better, but I was I was kind of limiting myself to what we were showing previously in the video. Right. Um, to the audience uh, for their sake. So um, I was more or less, you know... Uh, kind of sticking with that because we kind of like lined all three cameras up kind of next to each other Uh which i guess we really didn't have to because we did have the camera that we initially set up for anton we only um, needed that time lapse yeah we really only needed that one to stay still and the rest of them but then if we would have gotten closer we would have had like um, possibly gotten into the frame of it and everything and so we didn't really know 
you know, mm-hmm. we, we, so we limited ourselves that way a little bit, but I still think in general, the picture turned out pretty good. I love the way that the shadow kind of makes this l- river of light kind of leading from the bottom. Oh, that's an interesting into, point. Cause that was one line. of my, what didn't go well, but you're, you're right. How it gives it, there's a good reason to be, you know, to have the opinion that that's one of the things that did go well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep so, going I mean, I do that. like it. I do like it as a leading line. But I wish that I would have had a third light to light those hoodoos to the very extreme right yeah. of the frame just to show a little bit more, still have that strong contrast of that shadow for the leading line, but then, but just give a little bit more detail, highlight, even some rim light on those other hoodoos would be, would have been pretty awesome. So right. and I could guys- see this shot. Sorry, I could see this shot with probably four or five lights, possibly, if we just did some rim lighting around different edges and just highlighted certain things. It could be really awesome. I think that is the challenge of Goblin Valley. And I'll talk about that here in a second. But if you guys want to go to our show notes, go to photogadventures.com forward slash EP74. You'll see these show notes of just this image. I'm probably only going to have this image in the show notes today, so it won't be terribly exciting. But there also won't be some in there where I say, hey, it's pending. And then they still haven't been put up there because that's my uh, big weakness. So right now, you'll see see this picture too and you'll see what we're talking about and Brendan had his other light over the young new light young new light over there in the distance to kind of fill in the shadowy area of the rocks because before it was harsh light and black shadow so because of him putting his light over the young new we got some detail out of the shadow instead of being just harsh and dark but then we have that whole far right side of the image underneath the core that doesn't have any lighting at all Mm-hmm. And that's where we needed a third light with us, and we didn't bring one. We also have a newer light that we're buying that's going to be like the F&V light and have its own tripod as well. So we're going to have a lot easier situation in the future. But right now, we're sitting there with only two lights in this situation. And you can see how Goblin Valley, there's so many cool features, but they get oh, yeah. in the way of the lighting. Unless you do a flat lighting from the front where the camera is, you kind of are going to put shadows on the other hoodoos with the hoodoos and it is complicated when we first did our goblin valley shot brendan light painted with a wand you know a flashlight seven times seven different locations to try and light yeah, up everything. yeah it felt like at least seven times <laughs> <laughs> and so it is it is something more complicated than a two light scenario you need three four you know make sure you fill in all the spots that you keep creating shadows in and make sure it looks good because goblin valley is complex and so don't go to goblin valley mm-hmm. with fewer than two lights and don't go you know honestly recommend three plus bring three at least get yourself what you need to really light this scene because it's, it's so cool yeah, because it's a great idea to like have a nice strong light out for the distance, creating some nice shadowy detail, but then having some other two other lights to balance out and give a little bit of fill would be great. So, I mean, you take the same kind of technique as you would with normal regular photography and you apply it this way, but you just do it at a super low level. And uh, by toning down your other lights and just bringing them closer or maybe even further back, depending on what looks best then you really would get the best the best of both worlds. That's a perfect segue into one of my what didn't go well was bringing the light behind the other hoodoos. Initially, we were going to have a panorama, and it was going to show those hoodoos on the right with a light because Brendan had a light over there and then my light on this left side. And so I tried really hard to hide the light I used to light the whole left behind the hoodoos of the right. So if you look mm-hmm. at Brendan's picture, you'll kind of see a hot spot on a rock in the shadow and kind of a little bit of a lens, like a, like a sun 
sunburst right off of that little halo coming off of that area. Yeah, there is a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. You'll see that that's where the light actually is. And that's why those first few hoodoos are hot as crazy. And the other ones just get some fall off light. And this is turned up completely angled into the sky fall off light. This is not that bright. But because it's so close, it fills the, the scene right there with light. And you talk about that river. That river is created because it's behind the hoodoos and their entire contour is being drawn as a shadow on the ground and you get completely black and completely lit and so it is like a river of light which I didn't think about it as a good thing but it kind of ends up being played with as a as a leading line towards the kind of towards the core of the Milky Way. I yeah, tried, it is kind of a leading line, yeah. I tried playing with that a little bit because I recognized that it could be something that's an element on both sides of my frame at the bottom and then kind of gets smaller and Vs towards the core. So I tried playing with that, but I couldn't get it without having the actual light in my shot and having a starburst mm. right there. And it, it, it would have been distracting and really, really cumbersome to paint out wouldn't have been worth it. And so I tried everything I could to come around there, block the light, and then try something else. And so my image will be a little bit different than Brendan's because I'm further off to the left of him, but not much. Right, right. You were shooting this one with the Roku. This is the shot that he took. No, you don't have the Canon 60s images. So I you don't. don't have, have his that? shot. I have right. that with me here. So yeah, then- yeah, so we had a Roku now set up for him. Mine was the standard, you know, 15 to 30 uh, Tamron that I use. Were you wide open at 15? I believe so, yeah. So this image right here is single frame, 15 millimeter. Okay. It might have been dialed into 20, but I'm not. It could have been, It was either 15 or 20. It might have actually been dialed into 20 just oh, a okay. little bit. Yeah. Right on. You got to put your information on the picture. It'd be awesome to see that uh, detail. Yeah, I mean, I could pull up Lightroom and actually see real fast what that Go for it while I talk was. about what went well. Um, the night sky in April, I mean, we have not had, we've been out January, February, March. We have not had a sky that was giving us what we needed to have our Milky Way core be visible. It was always covered with clouds or nearly covered with clouds or mostly covered with clouds. It was just a pain and the Milky Way Butte trip we did last month we didn't get really anything out of it other than a really cool star trail that you have out there nice looking star trail over mm-hmm. a lit object but we didn't have a Milky Way shot not the one we're proud of Death Valley I right. guess I should say we had a great sky in Death Valley but I didn't like our our um, light pollution from Las Vegas and yeah, it didn't yeah. ruin it that much because it kind of looks similar to this Hanksville light pollution where it's really low on the sky so you can kind of get an idea guys Something as bright as Las Vegas but far away can look as bright as the light pollution in this shot where we have a very tiny town very close. And so their light pollution blooms are similar depending on how far away you get from them. And so I'd say it's pretty similar to what this one is, but typically we're right there in the hoodoos and we don't see the horizon as much as we're seeing it in this shot and Brendan's shot. So we see the light pollution even more. But the clarity all around, 100% sky, wide open. It was definitely that great in Death Valley, but we had a short amount of time to appreciate it. So that's why I probably Mm, think we had our best sky of the year. But realistically, the first good sky was February in Death Valley. We can't forget that because that was a great morning. Yeah, it's true. It was. It was. It just wasn't as long. We didn't have as much time with the Milky Way, so that was the only downside of that. Yeah, and as soon as we got our shots kind of working out, and at this height of the Milky Way – astronomical twilight was beginning 
Mm-hmm. And just getting a Milky Way higher in the sky so they can get away from the light pollution blooms on the horizon, on top of being, you know, interesting with your foreground, it's nice when it gets that 45 degree angle. My favorite's 45 degree panorama shot Milky Way. I just, I love it. I just adore the Milky Way's look that way, at least as far as our northern hemisphere, our northern hemisphere goes. You know, this latitude line, it's fantastic. So that went really well. We had a great sky beautiful view. These guys had not seen the Milky with their naked eyes, and I don't know if they took a chance to appreciate it because they never turned the lights off long enough to actually look up and see it, but they could tell it was there if they tried. I mean, you could see the difference between the darks of the dust lanes and the light highlights of the millions of stars, billions of stars. It, it, it was beautiful. I think that they appreciated it a little bit before they drove out and maybe saw it from their car window as they drove. The last thing about the sky that was friggin' amazing was that we had airglow already. I know in May we had incredible airglow at Escalante, and this mm. sky was starting to get the airglow. I mean, airglow is constant, but it's just sometimes of the sometimes of the year and some days it's just as higher and lower, or just lesser and greater amounts of it in the air visible. And we had some green airglow, and so it's going to have a lot of that Escalante look, where you have a green green sky almost and red rock. And I can see it a little bit in your shot, Brendan, but I think your white balance towards blue is a really cool choice. Yeah, um, I can see in the time lapse that I left more of the green in there, and so that's definitely going to be more apparent in the time lapse that I can. Uh, I can probably put the time lapse together and have it for the show notes too, just to show. If you can only, do it, I only in the got two hundred frames. Do it. That's yeah, I can do great. it pretty quick. Yeah, I only got two hundred frames, but it's still enough to show you cool motion and you know maybe four second time lapse. Sweet. Or something like that, then so. load that to our YouTube channel unlisted, so it's not public. People can't see it unless they click okay. on the show notes and see it, and then I'll just okay. connect to it. That'd be awesome. So what else went well for you or didn't go well for you, Brent? Anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, I mean, I just want to mention the uh, that light river one more time that I love that if you're doing lighting in, in Yama Valley and you want to do a similar setup, that I love how the light actually curves around the shape of the hoodoos instead of being this harsh, straight line like you normally would get. And most situations where you have a bright light and it's, you know, and it's just going to shine a very straight line, right, across right. The scene can have that divide, that hard divide between light and dark. Well, this actually, you can see the outline of the hoodoo. So it actually curves out and back in and actually gives some 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 difference there, some mm-hmm. actually some formation, which is, which is really, really cool. And I just noticed that earlier today, just like, oh, man, I, that's why I kind of like that, because it wasn't just like this hard straight line. It actually has some character to it, which is really cool. You know, yeah, I think I've been thinking poorly on it just because I thought it looks like some cars parked behind there and turned on its headlights instead of being our low-level lighting. But that yeah. is a lot to appreciate, and it's it's worthwhile for me to change my mind on it because I do kind of like that. I think if you had those shadowy hoodoos crossing the horizon more and you were down lower, like if you could have been, it might have mm-hmm. been okay. It might have been even better, but I just love the right. sky. I mean, look at that Milky Way. Jupiter is really messing with the row of Fuki this year as it's right on top of it and just so bright, but it's easy to find it now. If you guys want to capture the row of Fuki and you've never done it before, you couldn't quite understand where we said it was, it's where Jupiter is, that giant <laughs> light right there. It's on top yeah. of it. <laughs> so if there's nothing else that you could have said that went well or didn't go well with photography, I want to give a tip of the week and gear time quickly, Make this. Uh, okay. let's get this podcast to the end. So... Do you have an idea for a gear you want to mention today? Yeah, I just want to mention um, having good outerwear and uh, the hot hands, uh, you know, hand hot warmers hands. that we use, which is hot great. Hot hands, those are some hot hands. Man hands or hot hands? 
Man, manly hot hands. <laughs> manly hot hands. So having the hand warmers, you have a whole box this trip. Where did you buy the box? Why did you all of a sudden buy like Costco supply of hand warmers? That's actually my wife uh, got it for me for Father's Day, I think. So that was, uh, oh, it was cool. a gift. All right, awesome. It's like winter's almost over, and all of a sudden Brendan now has a supply of 100 hand warmers. Yeah, well, I thought with guests that probably weren't used to the weather, you know, here or, or something, because sometimes a desert cold is different than other areas that you're used to. And I just had a feeling that they'd be underprepared. So I brought extra gloves. I brought extra coat. I even brought my scarf and then the box of hand warmers. I just threw it in the box. I'm like, yeah, this could come in handy. Yeah, know? why not? So and I just opened prepared. up a three or four packets of those and handed them out. I put them in my own pockets. I'm like, why wasn't I wearing these, using these earlier? These are awesome. <laughs> People always put them in their shoes, too. we got to start doing that. Weren't we talking about those trays in the soles of your shoes last time where you can pull yeah, them yeah. out, put the hand warmers in, and then slide them back in? Oh, be nice. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, so, yeah, so, so I mean, the gear time today is basically, you know, talking about outerwear gear. So I had snow pants on, which are basically like windbreakers. They're not really that, like, insulated, but they do have that windbreak ability. So if there's some... Um, some windbreaking, thin windbreaking pants you guys uh, are looking at online. I know I've seen a few pairs um, or even, or just light snow pants. It's just great to put over the jeans. I was mm-hmm. super cozy because if I had just the jeans on, I mean, it wasn't that much of a breeze, maybe five miles an hour breeze, but it was just enough because when you're talking 46 degrees at five miles an hour, the wind chill blowing through your jeans, it's going to chill you out really fast. So I was so grateful. I had windbreaker pants and a windbreaker-ish you know, coat. And the beanie, and I was I was good, you know. So just just a reminder to you guys, uh, you know, even though you're going out in the desert, um, sometimes it gets really cold at night. And so just know the temperature, know the weather that what's going to be like when you're going out, and prepare accordingly. It's 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 okay to have an extra pair of something in the trunk, yeah. you know, because if because you, you can always layer up. But if you don't have it, then you can't layer up, and then you're going to not, you know, you're going to either get less out of photography, you're going to have less of a great night, just going to you know, be miserable out there when you don't need to be. So. Perfect example is a few weeks back at Milky Way Butte where we were just cold enough to not be willing to wait out the clouds to see if it would work. And we had done the driving, done four hours to get there, mm-hmm. and yet we were so cold we weren't willing to wait another hour to see how the clouds changed while we still had, you know, full darkness and no astronomical twilight yet. We could have lasted if we had prepared more, if I personally had prepared more and brought warmer clothes. We could have made it. And so we definitely, you definitely don't want to you know, kill your opportunities because you're not warm enough and not happy to be creative. You're not excited to be out there. Yeah, so that's definitely one thing. I mean, if you're, if we were not prepared for 27-degree weather, you know. No. We were prepared for maybe 40-degree weather. So uh, there's a big difference. Windy 27-degree uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, Roy said he was out there last and it was like 14 degrees or something like that. So it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So he must have been really prepared, though, I hope. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So for tip of the week, guys, I want to remind you about your tripod movement. You get in these areas like this where the ground is crumbling around you as you walk and it's sandy. Don't just put your tripod down and start a 20-second shot or a 12, 13-second shot. You're going to be moving your tripod, especially if you're walking around your tripod. I had a couple shots turn out a little bit of a star trailing because I wasn't paying attention where I put my foot, and I would step on the crumbly ground next to a tripod leg, and now that tripod leg would sink. And Royce Bear always has the advice, if you put your tripod down and get it in position and give it 20, 30 minutes to really settle, and then you can go for your most clear shot, little star trailing 
selling to none because you let your tripod settle. So if you're in a situation where you're in crumbly ground, sand, or anything that would likely settle, make sure you leave your tripod with your camera on it all there so the weight is getting used to the situation and then go for your perfect shot. Because if you have enough time for it, make sure you get as little movement as possible and don't wander around your camera while it's going off. Don't shift your weight on right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. Don't cause the ground to move because even if you're not touching your camera, your tripod could be moving and you could get a little star trail like I did. So watch out mm. for that kind of stuff. You might end up doing what I did. And it's not devastating because you always just take another shot and just be still the next time but uh keep an eye out for it cool one one other thing to add to that is you could actually add a uh, weight to your tripod if you've got a little a little hook adapter or something like that you could add weight to it and that will help it settle faster put a little rock in there or something like that so that could be useful as well i've hooked my bag up there before to make sure my tripod stayed there and until it mm -hmm. became so windy that my bag was becoming a pendulum of death right it, it right. was totally great it was fantastic so thanks cool. guys for listening. I hope you guys heard earlier about the Eric Benedetti Star Tracker workshop. It is going to be an entirely online five-hour adventure where you're hanging out with him and I'm going to be helping out, being the guy behind the camera, sometimes in front of the camera maybe if he wants to take a break, get some food or, or water. But for the most part, we're going to learn from the master, Eric Benedetti, on star tracking photography. Join us April 21st. Check out the link below on the show notes. You'll see it to that website. Uh, just go there. You can join us. If you aren't able to make the 21st and you want to buy a replay, it will cost a little bit more to buy a replay after it's been – so by the end of the day, the 21st, I'll start share, selling the replay at $99. So buy it now at $79 a lot better between me and the podcast listeners. If you buy the $79 one, you still get it. And if you can't make it, you're not going to be punished. We're just trying to encourage people to not think, hey, I don't want to make it. I'm not going to be able to make it, so I'll just buy it and watch it later. We need participation. Those of you who are already have already purchased it and are going to be there, help us make good participation. Jump in, ask questions. Let's get everything we possibly can out of Eric Benedetti to do this right and join him and, and you know and join him as one of those photographers that have awesome star tracking Milky Way shots. They're really, really beautiful. The color that comes out in those is astonishing. So if mm -hmm. you're considering it, mm -hmm. join us, learn everything you can and have that resource because you frankly are not going to find it anywhere else. It is just not out there yet. There's not many YouTube channels talking about it and so Photog Adventures plans to be that channel and be able to provide you guys with your needs. So let us know if there's anything else you guys want to workshop for. If you want to hear more, learn more about something, let us know and we'll get the right people on board and we'll do it. We'll do another workshop. So thanks guys. Thank you guys. Thank you patrons. <sighs> We're sending stickers out. Some of you have already received them. And stickers are the beginning. Lots of things that we owe you guys. We really, really appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, patrons. We're working hard to get the uh, Milky Way uh, website up and running so you guys can enjoy that. And we appreciate you guys a lot. And thank you for your support. Yeah, thanks, guys. I know right now I'm having a hard time being with my uh, situation as well as my son just got his tonsils out and so he had surgery so i've been giving him medicine every three hours at night but i've been back in my old place that's been nice to see my kids wake up with my kids but uh yeah so it's been crazy for me we're getting back on track brenda and i are both going to respond more to facebook and get out there and be more available and so we're excited and those of you who already already purchased a workshop spot we're stoked to join you guys in Escalante and Goblin Valley and Crater Lake. Uh, this is going to be a blast. We have all these workshops out there. If you're curious, check out. I'll put a note in that too. For, why, why not? I'll put a note for those as well down below. So check them out if you guys want to join us. Thanks, guys. All right. See you. Have a good week. <laughs>